I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries, and I'm teaching to you on Wednesday uh, around 3 o'clock, and I'm teaching to you on Saturday around 3 o'clock because of the coronavirus. We're not going to meet until we can be confident that the coronavirus has been corralled and put in check. Uh, I'm just trying to help people to see uh, what the Bible teaches. When I teach, I teach from the Greek text. The New Testament was written in Greek. You cannot trust the English text fully. And I've been talking to you about something that's just very interesting. I've, I've been talking about how that the Old Testament was a shadow. That means it's not real. If you go out in the sun and you cast a shadow on the ground, the shadow's not the real thing. And the Bible says, the law having a shadow of good things to come, skia, shade, the shade is not the real and not the very image. The very image is in the New Testament. Now, people will wonder and say, why is the very image casting a shadow into the old? I thought the image was here first. Well, it is. It was in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. Mind of God. And he gives us the shadow so we can understand that. And the very image is the real. The very image is the spiritual. We're in a spiritual Israel. I don't know why people resent that so much. But we are. A Jew is not outwardly, but of the heart. Circumcision is of the heart. And we're the temple of God. And we are priests and kings. And the kingdom of God is within you. Kingdom of God was a term for Israel. And that's in us of God. And we are God's temple. And God sprinkles our heart. Sprinkles heart. And in the Old Testament, there was a temple. And that was You had the temple and you had the house of God. That was the inner sanctuary because Jesus dwelt between the cherubim and it means to build a house or to marry. He was married to Israel. He's married to the church. The church and Israel are one and the same thing. Israel was called out of Egypt, called out of Egypt into the wilderness to go into Canaan and that's exactly what we are. The wilderness is a picture of the world. We're called out. The word church in the Bible is the word ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. It is a construction of ek and kaleo. It means to call out. We're called out of this world to live righteously. Everything Israel was We are the very image of the spiritual, everything. And we've already studied that our hearts are sprinkled, the Ark of the Covenant was sprinkled, the veil, the Bible says, is the flesh, and the flesh is the bread, the bread is the body, the bread is Christ. He said so, it's Christ, and the bread is the body, and there's one body, and the body is the church. 
When he said, take heed, this is my body, he's saying, partake of the body, the church. And they're all the same thing. And the seven candlesticks, according to Revelation 1 and 20, is the, is the, is the seven churches of Asia, and the oil that's in the candlesticks is the seven spirits, which is, that's, that's the seven stars in his right hand, or the seven, seven angels, or the word angel, angelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, means messenger. So that's the, it means messengers. Spell that wrong. Angel, angelos. When you see angel, never think of something heavenly. It could be Michael or Gabriel, but it can also be a preacher. It just means messenger. That's all that angel means. Messenger. And then you have the table of showbread, we being many are one bread and one body. You had the altar of incense, which is the prayers of the saints, according to Revelation, the fourth chapter, prayers of the saints. And all of this is equal to us over here. That's what it's equal to. It's equal to us. Now, we're talking about they had all of these rituals and all of these holy days. Holy days. I've said this so many times, and I keep saying it, hoping I'll get the better understanding of it every time I teach it. They had the holy days, Passover, Pentecost. That that was, Passover was in Nisan. Nisan is our month, March, April. And that was the beginning of the harvest. And that's what their holidays were about, their holy days. And then 50 days later is Pentecost. And then after that, that's... Then you get on down here to the end of their harvest. The end of the harvest is Nisan. And Nisan, not Nisan, excuse me, Tishri. Tishri. And that's... That is September, October. If you notice... Their holy days begin at Passover, the beginning of the harvest in in March, April. That's where the harvest starts. And then it ends, the end of the harvest is in Tishri. And that's when they had uh, the Feast of Ingathering, which is the same thing as the Feast of Huts or Feast of Tabernacles. And that was all coupled with the Day of Atonement in that seventh month. So, and all of the rituals of these holy days were blotted out, blotted out, not the law. The law was not blotted out. Do we make void the law through faith? Yea, we establish the law. That's the last verse of Romans, the third chapter. The law is established, and it's established spiritually in the church, spiritual Israel. We're of the same body, which is the church, as Israel. Now, I keep telling you, and I said all this as a prelude to the message, so we can understand. If somebody's watching, they will understand this better. All of the, what happened to these, the Bible says the Passover would be forever. So would Pentecost forever. 
And I preach on the spiritual Passover. I preach on spiritual Pentecost. I certainly preach on the spiritual day of atonement. Atonement is the word kafar. That's the that means to atone, and then that's the verb, and the noun is or excuse me, that's the noun, and the verb is kofer. And that's the that is atonement. Atonement has the same meaning as pitch the ark within and without with pitch. First word pitch is kafar, second word pitch is kofer, the noun form, pitch with pitch. That has the same definition as baptize. Baptizo means to cover with bapto. Babto means to stain with the dye. That's exactly what the pitch of the ark was. So atonement, pitch, and baptize have the exact same meanings. As eight souls were saved through water, the like figure, wherein to even baptism doth also now save us. The water was not the baptism. The water was the judging flood of God. The pitch of the ark was the baptism because it was a it was a caulking. They caulked the boats with this pitch. It was a red stained caulking. Some said come out of the ground. Some said come out of trees. Whatever it was, it caulked the boat and kept it from sinking. The pitch or the baptism was. The way they were saved, just like the Holy Spirit is the way we're saved. Now, what happened to all these things? What happened to all the rituals? It all became spiritual just like over here, just like baptized. I've preached on spiritual Passover many times. Jesus was the Passover lamb. They had four items. There was four cups, the third cup. The official title was cup of blessing. Paul said the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of Christ there in 1 Corinthians ten sixteen, And we being many are one bread and one body. So we're the bread, we're the body, we're the church. And everything that once literal, we're talking about particularly Sabbath. The Sabbath is now spiritual. And Sabbath doesn't mean Sabbath. It means rest. I've said that a thousand times. It means rest. Everything in your life has to increase spiritually. Faith must increase. Because the Bible says, besides all this, give all diligence, (coughs) add to your faith and then it names seven things seven things it names virtue knowledge and it goes on to name temperance temperance patience godliness brotherly kindness and then charity and charity is agape one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Brotherly kindness is philos. 
Adelphos, A-D-E-L-P-H-O-S, Philos Adelphos, that means an affection for the brethren, but you can't have an affection for the brethren unless they're walking in agape, unless they're walking in the commandments, godliness. Godliness is the word Eusebia, E-U-S-E-B-E-I-A. It has the idea of the resurrection or the gospel scheme. The gospel, that means death to self. Patience, hupo, hupo mone. It is the noun form of hupo maino. Hupo maino is the word endure. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And the reason we will endure, because we'll go by, we'll go by fire, the fiery trials. And virtue, arete, means maturity. Now, how do we? How are we going to mature? That takes a long time, years. You can't mature just because you come to the knowledge of Christ one day. That it, that would be a synonym for perfect. Teleos. Or teleates, which would be a verb form, a noun form, T-E-L-E-I-O-T-E-S. That means perfection. Be therefore perfect, teleos. It means to be mature. Has basically the same meaning as arete. And when the Bible says add to your faith, that's epikoregeo, E-P-I-C-H-O-R-E-G-E-O. And that's what you call an imperative command. Well, if this is the inspired word of God, it's the Holy Spirit that is inspiring it, then an imperative command is the same has the same kind of force. When Jesus said, Let there be light is no question whether you will add to your faith. It's just like he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. That's not an invitation either. Here is the word akuo, and it's an imperative command. Where'd the ear come from? The seeing, the hearing ear, and the seeing eye. The Lord hath made even both of them. So God gave you a hearing ear if you're predestinated elect, and you have to add to your faith these seven things: knowledge. How long does it take to, how long did it take me to remember just these Greek words? Years and years and years and years. Knowledge, gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. It's our word, the same thing as the word science, which has to do with all kinds of facts and then temperance. Temperance. You have, you have to add these things. So temperance and criteria, E-G-K-R-E-T-E-I-A. It means strength, kratuo, K-R-A-T-E-U-O, within. Egg is another 
word for en. So it means strength within. It, it it means you have to be strong. And it goes on to say, if you add these things, you will never fall. And then it says, make your calling and election sure down there. Right after this, sure is the word be by us. B-B-A-I-O-S. It don't mean to be positive. That's not what it means. It means stabilize. Stabilize by adding these things, and that's not your choice. So this means faith must grow. Faith must increase. Must increase. And the Bible says in Second Corinthians ten and fifteen. Second Corinthians ten fifteen. When your faith is increased, you will extol me, you will be enlarged. And to be enlarged means that you will extol me instead of complaining about me, which he said earlier in the chapter, all you want to do is complain about my presence because I come down harder than you, Corinth. So faith has to grow. It's just like... This has to do with the inner man. We're back to that. Has to do with the inner man. The inner man has to increase. That's what the Bible says. Faith is like this. Faith, when you first come to truth, faith is little. You have a little faith. That's what Jesus said to the apostles several times. Oligos, pistis. Pistis is the word faith. Oligos, oligos means puny. He didn't say, oh, ye of little faith, I hope your faith stays small. He says, faith starts small, like I'm putting on the board here. And faith, as you live, I got a sign over there on the wall there that's just like this faith. And as you go older in life, your faith increases. And what that does, that gives you rest or the spiritual Sabbath. Faith is death to self. It is faith works by love, by agape. Agape is walking in the commandments of God. You got agape and phileo, and both of these words have been translated into the word love, and that is false. They're not the same word. Phileo means to have affection. You can have affection for anything. I like God, I like dogs, I like my car, I like my house, I like my wife, I like drugs, I like to get drunk, you can like anything. So, your faith has to go, but agape is walking in the commandments, it's a relationship that kings had for their subjects, 
and they willingly walked in them. That has to do with this inner and this outer man. Faith is increasing as this inner man increases. And the longer you live, the more fire you go through. You start eliminating the outer man a little at a time. You don't get over the outer man all of a sudden. Paul said in Romans 7, I've got two men in me. One serves the the law of the flesh. That's the outer man. And the other serves the law of God, the inner man. And the inner man is Christ in you. God's hope of glory. And God puts you through fire tribulation trials and that the more fire tribulation and trials you go through the trial of your faith is more precious than gold that perisheth though it be tried by fire the more trials the more persecution the more difficulty you go through people write me and they say my life is so difficult and I hate my life well good The man that loves his life will lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake, the same shall find it. So you have to be losing your life. And over the years, as your faith increases, faith increases, you'll begin. It's a strain living young. It's a strain. The Bible speaks in the 18th chapter of Revelation that when you're living in the world with a Babylonian system, you're living in... Well, look at that real quick. Let me, let's look at, at Revelation. And you want to stop the strain. That's the whole point. Living in sin is a strain. I know that. 18th chapter speaks of the destruction of Babylon. And the Bible says, Reward her even as she rewarded you in verse 6, the 18th chapter. Double unto her double according to her works. And in the cup which she hath filled to her double, it's talking about Babylon's destruction, how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously strain us when you're young it is a strain and it is no rest no spiritual sabbath the bible says that when you cease the word sabbath it's they got a word in the new testament Cataposis. And when you cease, this is in Hebrews 4, when you cease your own works, when you cease your ergon, you enter into God's Sabbath. That's the same thing at this inner man his faith is increasing and the longer you live the less you want this strain of Babylon Babylon is the mother of all idolatry she was found on self or a strain 
when she said Genesis 11 and 4, this, these two verses, Revelation 17, 5 and Genesis 11, 4 affected me, have affected me more than any verses in the Bible because Genesis 11, 4, they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they said, let us build a city and a tower. That was the beginning of Babylon. And they said, here's our doctrine. Let us make us a name. That is a strain to come up and want to be somebody. And that's what Babylon was built on deliciously. And when you live in the flesh, you're living deliciously and you like the taste of the feeling and it's and you have to go through fire and trials and persecution in order for your faith to increase and something else goes with that. Of course the word name is the word Shem and Shem was the second born of Noah. And they said, we don't like Shem telling us what to do. Bless me, the Lord God of Shem. That's what God said. And and the descendants of Ham will be his servants. Canaan will be the servants of Shem. And we'll get the word Semitic from that. And that means the Jewish people, Semitic. And Canaan will be his servants in the land of Canaan. In the land of Canaan, that's where they serve the Jews. And then Japheth will dwell in the tents of Shem. Only one person of Jewish law, only one person could inherit everything. The second-born Shem, just like the second birth, inherits the Semitic race. That was the name. They said, let us make up our own Shem. When you make up something that's a parallel doctrine to God's gospel, God's truth, you end up with a false Jesus, another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. Now, something has to happen. When this, when this inner man increases, faith is increasing. Faith increases. When the apostles came to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. Oh, what is faith? Faith is substance, hypostasis, understanding. If you understand, you are a disciple, a learner, a mathetes. That's the word disciple. We get our mathematics from that. We are mathetes, a learner. And what we have to... And if you learn... You understand, and the Bible says in Luke fourteen twenty seven, you cannot be my disciple and have faith and understand hypostasis, understand without a daily cross. In order for faith to increase, there has to be a daily cross. You don't just pick up your cross daily all of a sudden. God has to teach you to do that. What is a cross? You had to be condemned to it in the first century, and it was for telling the truth. You'll have a cross. If you go out here in public and tell people Christmas is pagan, Easter's pagan, it's the fire and tree worship of the Old Testament, that if you... 
if if you're going to grow in faith, you have to have a daily cross and people have to want to crucify you for telling truth. But they hated the daily cross at Philippi. There were some people there. Paul said, the reason people's faith don't grow is they hate the daily cross. They hate the cross of Christ. And here's why. Because their God is their belly. Here's two reasons they hate the cross. And their mind is on earthly things. Their God is their belly. If you didn't know that that was an Epicurean term, Epicureans were some of the most popular philosophers They were some of the most popular philosophers in the first century. There were two philosophies going on in the first century, Epicureanism and Stoics. But the Epicureans, when you think of an Epicurean here in America, what do you think of? You think of a connoisseur of good wines and good foods. That's what you think of. The belly didn't mean the stomach. The belly was the place of all sensual desires that fulfill your wants. It was everything the outer man wanted. It was all of his wants and his desires. That man has to die. And that goes into the word conscience. And conscience has to do with two witnesses. It takes two witnesses to put anything to death or anyone to death in Israel. And you can see that in Numbers 35. That was a law of the Jews. And in Deuteronomy 17 and Deuteronomy 19, you had to have two witnesses to put anybody to death. In this case, conscience is the word Conscience is the word sunidesis, S-U-N-E-I-D-E-S-I-S. It means to see it o with, with sum, or soon, or sug, or su, they're all the same. So it means to see with, so this inner man is over the years is going to demand this outer man see with him and vote with him that self has to die. And that's two witnesses. So in order to have the two witnesses that puts to death the outer man, there has to be fire and tribulation and trial and difficulty. I love the verse over in First Peter, the fourth chapter, that last, next to the last verse says, If the righteous scarcely be saved, molus with great difficulty. The difficulty is all of this fire and trial. It's all the fire and trial that we have to go through to approach that outer man to cause him to be willing to die and vote with the inner man and say, I have to die. 
I'm dying more today at 81 years old than I was at 35. I wasn't doing much dying at all back then. I've been a believer since I was a little boy. So this man, this outer man has to die. Faith has to increase. And while faith is increasing through fire and trials and persecution, this outer man is being eliminated a little at a time. The inner man is perfect. He can't sin. The Bible says so. But the outer man is self. And self has to be eliminated a little at a time. Self. Self is alive and well when you first come to the knowledge of Christ. And self of the outer man that Paul speaks about will be eliminated a little bit at a time. Self. And when you get to be an old man, you will, you'll have a lot of faith and have very little self. When the Bible says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, take up cross, I got to get back to the cross over here. Why they hated the cross because their God was their belly. And that was all desires that a man had, whether it was cars or houses or things or stuff or sex or women or, or gambling or drinking or whatever it was or drugs. I just like everything I want. And you may be a so-called good Christian and go to church and all you are is greedy. But you won't self. That's the belly. They said that fulfilled all sensual desires. And their mind, their phroneo, P-H-R-O-N-E-O, their sentiment, their sentimentality, sentiment, their sentiment, that what they thought of all the time was earthly, gay, Gay is the word soil or dirt. The reason they don't like the daily cross and they hate the cross is they love dirt. I keep saying this. There's nothing you can look at that's not made of dirt. Everything. Your dirt. Your car's dirt. The gas you put in your car is dirt. Your house is dirt. You go to a dirt building and work on a dirt job. And they pay you with a check that's made out of dirt. You go to a bank that's made out of dirt. You deposit your dirt check and make, and, and you pay all of your dirt bills. They come in an envelope that comes out of the ground. Before it was an envelope, it was in a tree. Before it was a tree, it was in the ground. It's men like dirt. And the older you get and the longer you live, self will decrease and faith will increase. And the Bible says that you have to have the faith as a grain of mustard seed. It does not say as small as a grain of mustard seed. It doesn't say that. As a grain, the mustard seed 
was the smallest of of the Damascus seeds. It was as small as a grain of pepper. Well, this is a great place to bring this in. Small as a grain grain of pepper, and it grew, it grew to be the tallest of herbs, to be 18, 19 feet tall. And what's amazing is the Bible says that the birds that once loved the grain of pepper, it was a delicacy to them, then they would eat all the pepper grains in a garden, and it grew so big that the birds could come and nest in its branches, and it would not be affected by the birds, and the birds would devour it when it was little faith. So it grew, just like you have to grow in faith until you get to be old and you'll have a little bit of... People say... Are you saying that you still have sin after you're saved? Yes. But the inner man doesn't have any. I quoted this so much. Let me give it to you. Let's read it. 1 John. 1 John. All right. 1 John 1. If you're a believer... You cannot be a believer without your faith increasing. It has to increase. That's death to self. I can tell you, I I don't want the things I used to want. I'm 81. There's no way you can want the things that you used to want when you're 81. I just don't want it. I just want to live for the Lord and serve Him till I die. I don't think about anything. I don't think about houses or cars or anything. I'll take whatever whatever my wife don't want in a car, and I'll take that. I don't go out and buy new cars. Just don't do it. I'm not interested. Don't care nothing about diamond rings. I would like to have your diamond ring. If you want to send it, I'll sell it and put it in the building fund, okay? <laughs> All right. Look here at First John. The inner man can't sin, and the outer man can't quit sinning. He will quit a little at a time. Now look here in First John 1. <sighs> let's read verse 7 and 8. Well, let's, let's read 6 down through 8. If we say that we have fellowship with Christ and walk in darkness, we're walking in this this outer man here, walking in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. You can't be running around with the wrong people and claim to be living in Christ. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, keeps on cleansing us from all sin. And it's getting rid of the outer man. If we say that we have no sin, present tense, if we say we have no sin, this is talking about the outer man. 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, the same man that wrote this, he's writing the third chapter. Let's look at first John, the third chapter. In verse nine, whosoever is born of God, well, that's the inner man right there. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Well, he's, the same man said, if we say we have no sin, we're deceived, and the truth is not in us. And he says over here, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed, which is Christ, or the Holy Spirit, remains in us, and you cannot sin because you're born of God. That's the inner man. The outer man can't quit, but the years of fire and trial and persecution and tribulation will burn out the old man. And when you get to be old, you'll have a thin veneer of sin, but you won't want it like you used to. And that's when your faith increases and self has to decrease. You have to deny self. And that happens with a cross, a daily cross. But when you're young, you don't like the daily cross because you like this fleshly man, the outer man, and you want what he wants in the flesh. That's a very hard thing. Your sentiment is on fleshly things when you're younger as a believer. And he takes over. The the man who's an unbeliever has no inner man. You're born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God's will does he put that inner man in his predestinated elect family. Now, one more time. Let's go back over here to Romans 7. Romans, the seventh chapter. I guess I need to be as elementary as I can and put all these together at one time. Romans 7. He's talking about two men in him. He says, the things that I do is not what I want to do. It's sin that dwells in me. I went through this here a couple of weeks ago. I am carnal, am as present tense. There in verse 14, that which I do, present tense, catalogs of I, that which I accomplish. He said, for that which I do, I don't really allow that in my life. I don't know it in my life. And what I do, that's what I don't want to do. Thalo would not. I don't want to be doing that. I consent unto the law that it's good. Then he said, it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. In verse 17, it's that outer man that's in me. And he says he's got these two men in him in the end of this chapter. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth or is housed in me no good thing. For to will is present with me. I want to go out and do what I want to do. And how to perform that which is good, I don't find in me. And all this is present tense verbs. He's saying, I do what I don't want to do. And then he says, for the good that I want to do, that I would, they know, comes from Thelema, the same word. We're born not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. 
it's that saying comes from that thelema determined if I do that I would not is no more I that do it with sin that dwelleth in me I love this chapter because it describes the inner and the outer man and he goes on down here in verse 24 oh wretched man that I am he didn't say that I was am is present tense he said oh wretched man he said it is me that's what it says in the original text it is me right now and then he says who shall deliver me from the body of this death talking about the outer man or this fleshly man that we are who's going to deliver me from it then he says in verse 25 I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God that's the inner man but with the flesh the law of sin he said I got both of those in me and faith has to increase by fire and trial and tribulation and it's going to be most difficulty that I go through and I'm going to feel miserable at times and the only time I really feel good is when I'm around true believers boy I've I've been a heathen in my past I'm so ashamed of my life and the Bible tells us we have to put on that inner man but when it says put on it's not talking about a one time putting on when the Bible speaks of a blood baptism a blood baptism was death to self baptized means to cover with a stain or die I've said that already and a blood baptism when Jesus told James and John in Mark 10 he's going to die the next day and he says to him can you be baptized with a baptism I am baptized with he's not saying can you go back three and a half years and be dipped in water with, by John the Baptist he's saying can you die the death they said we can and he said both of you will die the martyr's death so baptized blood baptism God covers us all over with a baptism that's blood and then we go through that through tribulation and fire and trials and persecution it's difficult it's tribulation it is it's a narrow way and it doesn't feel good and it's not even supposed to feel good but we know that when we go through this we belong to him now so when you leave that verse in I haven't covered this thoroughly when you leave verse 25 about the inner and the outer man verse 25 chapter 7 chapter 8 says there is therefore now no condemnation there is therefore therefore is a conjunction it's connecting the the previous chapter with they didn't have chapters and verses they didn't have Romans 8 and verse 1 1 and 8 was not that was one long scroll they rolled it out and they read it the thought continues from chapter 7 when he says 
There is therefore no more condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, that's the inner man, who walk not after the outer man, it says flesh, it just told you the outer man walks after the flesh. And God's not condemning the man that walks not after the flesh, but after the inner man. The thought continues. For the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin. This law of Christ made me free from that law of the flesh. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned this outer man. But you got a new inner man that can't sin. And then he continues, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in who walk not after the flesh, referring back to verse 25 of the previous chapter, walks not after the flesh, but after the inner man, the spirit. You can't study chapter 8 without looking at chapter 7. It's all about that inner and outer man. And it's, well, I will say this later. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. That's what he, That's the outer man. That's the one that can't quit sinning in 1 John 1 and 8. Referring to the inner man as the one that can't sin. For to be carnally minded is death. Carnally. Carnal is the word sarkikos. S-A-R-K-I-K-O-S. Flesh is the word S-A-R-X. Comes from the word, get the word sarkikos, the, the outer man. Those that are minded to walk after the outer man, that's death. But to be spiritually minded, now notice what it's going to say. To be minded after the inner man is life and peace. Peace is the word E. I-R-E-N-E. It means to bring everything together into one. Peace would be a synonym for Sabbath. It's a spiritual Sabbath you go into. You're in a strain when you're young, trying to have the things you want, the car you want, the house you want, the job you want, uh, the people you want, the woman you want, the guy you want, uh, the job you want, the schooling you want, and you're in a strain. But that's the plight of a young man or young woman, is to live in the strain in Babylon. And we are a Babylonian system, and the Babylon was the mother of all idolatry. And she said, let me make me a name. I'll have a big name in this town. So this inner and the outer man, it's everything. Well, let's keep reading here. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, that's the inner man. You haven't changed the subject from the previous chapter. 
Because the carnal mind, the sarkikos mind, the outer man, is enmity, ekthra. Hostile. What else can you say the outer man is? He's a friend of the world. He likes to get along with everybody. And friends with the world are enmity or ekthra against God. They're hostile to God. If you're friends with the world, you're hostile to God. You have to come to a place I don't care what people think. I'm going to say the truth to them and tell them. Well, I don't know that many Greek words. We'll use the ones you know. Let's keep reading. But you're not not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And what is the spirit? It's the truth. John 14, 15, 16, John 15, 26, John 16, 13, 1 John 5 and 6, the spirit is the truth. You're taking the cover off. Aletheia. A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. That's the truth. That's the spiritual man, the inner man. When that inner man grows, here's what you will do. Lanthano. It comes from Lanthano. I've said that hundreds, maybe a thousand times. The alpha primitive negates the word Lanthano means to hide or conceal or lie hid. Hid. The alpha primitive negates the word and gives an opposite meaning. It means not to hide anything. So the more your faith grows, the more you won't hide anything. I am more bold now than I've ever been in my life. I'll say anything to anybody, but I won't say it in anger or rage. I'll just say it. I say to my doctors, did you know it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America? Did you know that predestination is true, that God only has a few people he's going to save out of the world? Did you know that? He said so. Few will find the narrow way. Did you know he doesn't love everybody? I'll say that to anybody, anytime, anywhere. I'm very bold. But it's because my faith has grown, and I don't mind a daily cross anymore. And people people crucify me every day. People write me emails and call me names and insult me. You louse, you dirty rat. You. <laughs> I guess I am. Now let me keep on reading. Verse 9, you're not in the... F- so then, they that are... Verse 8. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's talking about the outer man from chapter 7, verse 25. Those that are in the flesh, in the sarks, cannot please God. If you're living for self, you're not pleasing to God, and you cannot get anything that you ask. We see that the the things that we ask of God, if we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. You arresco. You arresco means well. 
well-pleasing. What's well-pleasing is death to self, death to this outer man. That's what Romans 12 and 1 says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice on a daily cross, daily. That'll be this inner man taking over. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Acceptable is the word Aresco, A-R-E-S-K-O, same word in Second John three, First John three twenty two. We receive the things that we ask if we keep His commandments and do those things that are Aresco in His sight. But the outer man cannot please God. The Bible says so right here. Aresco. So don't think you get anything from God if you're living for self. Prayer, I listen to these people, we're praying for you. We are, here we are in Washington, and we're praying for these people. Politicians don't pray. Prayer, prosukomai. P-R-O-S-E-U-C-H-O-M-A-I. Comes from pros, pros, which means toward and UK, E-U-C-H-E, means to will or desire oneself towards the will of another. Prayer means to bow to the will of God. Thy will be done. That's what we're to pray. And that's what Jesus prayed. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, thy will be done. And when you say, my will be done, you're in the fleshly man. And unless you crucify that man, you cannot please God. And pleasing God has to do with the Sabbath and resting. Now, verse 11. Uh, I missed something here. Let me see. Um, uh, Verse 9. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, it's talking about Verse 25 of chapter 7. Anytime he says spirit and flesh in the 8th chapter, he's talking about that last verse and the entire ending of that chapter 7. The things that I do, I don't want to do. It's it's sin that dwells in me. And that's the outer man. And that's the man that can't quit sinning. And the inner man can't sin. And the inner man has to be working on the outer man by bringing fire and trials and persecution and tribulation to get us to be fed up with the strain so we can rest in the spiritual Sabbath. But you're not in the flesh. Chapter twenty-five, chapter 7, verse 25, we're not the outer man. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. That's the inner man. And if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, that's the inner man. Now, if any man have not the inner man, Christ, then you don't belong to God if you don't have the inner man. He that hath not the Spirit of God doesn't belong to God. The Pentecostals say, oh, that's the second work of God to get in the Holy Ghost. It is not. The Spirit has to be within us. That's the inner man that can't, that can't sin. How a Pentecostal can read this and say, you've got to have the Holy Ghost in you. 
Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit are the same word. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. This body is dead. It's living a dead life because of sin in your life, the outer man. But the spirit, the inner man, is life because of righteousness. This whole chapter is about the spirit and the flesh. And that has to do with the last verse of chapter 7. I thank God through Jesus Christ. So then with the mind I serve the law of God. That's the spiritual man. But with the flesh, sarks, I serve the flesh. And he goes all the way through here. I don't have time. I'll come back and go through it. So when you get down to further in the chapter, I like verse 14. For as many as are led by the outer, by the inner man, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you have to be led by this inner man to be called a son of God. Well, I could go into the sons of God marrying the daughters of men. That cannot be fallen angels. You have to be led by the Spirit of God in order to be in order to be a son of God. And he goes all the way through this chapter, works his way through the groaning. We know that the whole creation groaneth. The creation is something righteous. He's talking about the righteous creation of God. Groaneth. Groaneth is that word. Stenazo. And it's talking about. The inner man is groaning. Or the outer man is starting to groan. As he's starting to die off. Through all the tribulation and fire. And groan is the word stenazo. It comes from the word stenos, which is the word straight. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way. It's a straight gate. It's a narrow way, and it's like crowding through a turnstile. It's one-on-one. Stenazo is the verb form. It's the word groan. So groan and straight go together. One is the verb, the other is the noun. Straight is the gate, and groaning is the way. And you're groaning because you're going through tribulation and fire, and it's narrow, and it's full of difficulties, and it's tribulation. We must do much tribulation. Then, you see the whole creation groaneth in verse 22. The creation is the inner man. It's groaning because it's taking you through all this fire, through this tribulation, through this difficulty, through all this narrow way. And it brings a peace in your life. It brings a spiritual Sabbath in your life. It This goes, this picture of the inner and the outer man, it goes with that verse over there in Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4 where it says you got to think of this when you're reading this verse here in Hebrews 4 that he that is entered into his rest hath ceased from his own works 
the man who enters into the rest of God ceases from his works over the years he begins to cease or katapasis settle down and when you cease from your own works the strain begins to stop I'm not in a strain anymore I used to keep myself in a strain constantly and believe it or not it made me sick when you put a strain on your body your body will get sick death to self is the only kind of healing I believe in when you die to this outer man the outer man keeps you in a strain and makes your body sick I'm not as sick as I used to be I used to be real sick at 35 to 45 I was deathly ill constantly every day I'm not now I'm not in a strain I had enough gifts in my body the ability to sing beautiful and and I had the ability to go out and self-start and motivate and it was killing me but when I've got a peace in my mind now I've got a spiritual Sabbath so he says he that has entered into God's rest that's when God begins to conquer this outer man hath ceased has Pao has katapao. Ceased is the word katapao. Comes from katapasis, P A U O. That ceased from his own works, his own ergon. This outer man is involved in his ergon until the tribulation, the fire, and the trial, and the narrow way. Years of the narrow way brings you out of it. Now, let me go back over here. So when you're in the 8th chapter of Romans, it's all about the 7th chapter. It's all about that man giving up the the inner man causing the outer man to die. And that takes a lifetime. That's not something you give up all of a sudden. The inner man is already without sin. That's Christ in you. And he can't sin. But the outer man can't quit until years and years of trial and tribulation come. And then the Sabbath comes upon your life. We enter into the Sabbath by belief. We have to believe that God is doing everything. We don't believe in everybody's murder and killing and stealing and raping and pillaging, but we we believe in that, in that happening, that that's the will of God, and what he's doing is refining you and I and putting us through all this narrow way and all of this difficulty in this molus and with get difficulty. And then he gets down here and says... In verse 28, he's talking about groaning in verse 26. He's talking about groaning in verse 23, groaning in verse 22. And then he says in verse 28, And we know that all these things that's calling the groaning is getting rid of this outer man from verse 25 of Romans 7. 
we know that all these things are working together for good to them that love God, to them who are they called the church according to his purpose. And he's purposed it all from the foundation of the world. Then he says those fantastic words, for whom he did foreknow. There was a people that he foreknew, Prognosco. Have you noticed how all this goes together? P-O-G-I-N-O-S-K-O. Not what, whom, whose. Masculine gender, singular. There was a people that God knew, Gnosko, beforehand, before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1 and 4. For he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. And the holy has to do with the inner man overcoming the outer man over years of time. Don't tell me that people, when they first come to the knowledge of Christ, they've got it together because they don't. They're like babies. Nothing wrong with being a baby, but you can be a baby at 65 or 70 years old. Nothing wrong with being a baby, but you got to grow up. It takes a long time to grow spiritually. You will get to, the more truth you learn, that's when your faith will be increased and you'll quit giving me a hard time. That's what Paul told the Corinthians in 10 and 15 of Second Corinthians. He said, you'll be enlarged and you'll stop cutting down the preacher and correcting him and giving him a hard time. I'm doing everything I can to tell you the truth. And I got so many people who think they know everything, they don't know nothing. For whom he did foreknow, know intimately ahead of time. Remember over there in Matthew 7, when he says, all these people are going to come to me and say, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in thy name, and thy name cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works? He's going to say, depart from you that work in equity. I never gudosko you. I never knew you. This means to know intimately beforehand. For whom he did foreknow. For is a coordinating conjunction. It connects the previous thoughts about groaning with verse 28 and 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Prohorizo. Before bound, horizo, there's a diacritical mark. That's a breathing sound. Horizo. And later on they added an end to it. It means to predetermine for the boundary of light. See, this outer man lives in darkness. That's some sin in his life. And there's a whole bunch in the life of a believer before God perfects him, teleates, and gets rid of this outer man. The outer man is alive and well when you first come to Christ. He's possessing most of your body and all your desires. 
but you got that conviction inside that's the new birth and you realize you can't keep living the way you want to because you're not your own you're bought with a price now for whom he did foreknow there's a people he knew before the foundation of the world. Our names are written in the book of life. Before the world began, Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was slain for his wife, his bride, the church, and he's going to take every one of them and all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And he's going to birth Christ in them by his own will. It won't be the, by the will of any of the people. It's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy. So, when he births himself in you, he says, you belong to me. Then you're not going to live the way you want. And I'm going to send fire and trial and tribulation. I'm going to scourge you with evil men. So you can partake scourge. So you can partake of my holiness. The inner man is going to increase to such a degree that he's going to take over your life and clean it up and it's going to be a horizon which is the light throughout your life. And the inner man will always be there. You can't get lost because he that hath begun this good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ and you'll get old you have a little bit of sin but not a lot and so the people he foreknew as his he's predestined us to be conformed that's to the image to the icon what if I said to the int, to the image the icon to the likeness what if I said to the inner man and he's going to take over your life and he's going to perform all this all kinds of trials and fire and tribulation and difficulty until you get fed up with yourself you get fed up with you if you live long enough say I don't like me or the old me I don't want to live like I used to live. And then he says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the inner man, says image of Christ, or image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The firstborn is the one that received the inheritance and we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will so the inner man is going to take over and then he says moreover whom he did predestinate prohorizo them he also called kaleo k-a-l-e-o but he didn't just call us, he called us out of this world, and that's ekkaleo or ekklesia. Ekkaleo. Ekklesia is the word church. He called us out. Ekklesia. He called us out of this world to live righteously. It all boils down to that seventh chapter. 
Romans 8 and 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. It's all about Romans 7, verse 25, the inner and the outer man. And Paul has many illustrations of that throughout the Bible, throughout his writings. And then he said, who he predestined him, he also called. And whom he called him, he also justified. Dikayao. It means render or pronounce innocent. Doesn't mean to save how he's going to pronounce us innocent. <clears throat> the inner man that's alive in us is innocent. And as he takes over our life, he wipes out. The outer man is kind of taken hold at the beginning of our life as a believer. He's got a hold and God's going to erase that uh, that outer man. Say the flesh cannot have a hold of my people. And he's going to justify us because he's going to get rid of the sinful outer man. You say, what if I die before he gets to take over my life? Well, the inner man is still sinless and you'll go be with the Lord. He just didn't have the time to get rid of the outer man in your life. But you can't use that as an excuse to sin. Shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We can't sin because we want to. Now, Paul has got... How much time do I have, Mike? I meant to go through some of these other chapters where Paul is saying the same thing. Look over here in... Look over here in Colossians, the third chapter. He's saying the same thing to the Colossians that he's saying to the Romans. He does the same thing to the Galatians. He does the same thing to some of the people at Corinth in the sixth chapter, talking about the evil that's in them. And he talks about this evil that's in the church at Corinth. He's still talking about the inner and the outer man. He says here in verse 10 of Colossians, and put on the new man. The new man is that inner man. It's not this outer man, the old man. Paul speaks of the old man in Ephesians 4. That's the outer man. That's the man that hates the cross of Christ because he's thinking about dirt. <clears throat> now, I'm going to read a little bit of this. If you be risen with Christ, well, risen is the inner man. But the faith is still small when you first come to truth. Faith has to increase. Seek those things. Verse 1. Colossians 3. Seek those things which are above. I like the word above. It's the word. It's the word anno. Here's the word above. The word anno thin means from above 
That's the word born again. We're born from above, born again. We're born by the will of God from above, not by our will, from above. So he says, seek those things of the new birth, which is the inner man. Seek where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Christ is in our hearts now. Set your affections froneo. Oops. Set your affections. Your froneo. Their mind is on earthly things. That's why they hate the cross of Christ. Their mind, their froneo, is on dirt. Set your affections, your froneo, on things above and not on gay. Oh, what? Not on earthly things. Those people that hate the cross of Christ, that was believers at Philippi. That wasn't unbelievers. That wasn't written to unbelievers. Paul said, I weep over those people because they, their mind is on dirt. And that's what he says right here. Set your froneo. This goes right with that verse in Philippians, the third chapter. Set your affections on things above and not on dirt. It says earth. Things of earth. But the word is gay. G-E. Dirt. Soil. And everything you see is made out of dirt. There's nothing out there that's matter that's not dirt. That didn't come out of the ground. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. This inner man is dead to, dead to the world, and you're hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify. He's talking about the outer man. Necro, O-N-E-K. R-O-O, you remember necromancy? Necromancy is talking to the dead. Necro means to kill off. Kill off the outer man. Boy, you know how much the outer and the inner man is in the Bible all over the place. Kill off. your members which are upon the earth, and then he goes into a lot of those works of the flesh you find in Galatians 5. So he that hath entered into God's Sabbath has ceased his own ergon, his own works. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the gay, which are here, fornication, pornea, P-O-R-N-E-I-A. That's one of the works of the flesh in Galatians 5. And pornea means harlotry or idolatry. What he's talking about is ceasing from your sin so you can enter the spiritual Sabbath and you can stop the strain. 
It's too bad you can't learn this when you're young because the strain is what kills us. I am absolutely positive that living in stress shortens your life. I lived under stress till I was in my mid-40s, and that's when I surrendered to the Lord and said, Lord, you're going to kill me if I don't quit trying to be rich and be somebody important. I surrendered to you. I didn't ever surrender. I've been a believer since I was six or seven. Even though my family don't know that. So he says, fornication means idolatry. Ido. Lolatria. It's a form of ido. Meaning to see or perceive. What is it you see that we've been talking about? What is it you see that you like? La truo. Means to serve. It means to serve. Let me say this really. I kind of didn't see this to right now. It means to serve. The dirt that you see. The only thing that gives people a hard time is dirt. That's it. Cars and houses and stuff, and it's all dirt. And that's why they don't want to crucify. They hate to kill their dirt. They just don't want nobody getting rid of their dirt. That's my car. You can't have that. That's my house. No, you can't be a part of it. When you get to a place and you get old and stuff don't mean anything to you, I don't care about stuff. Mary goes out and buys a car and whatever's left she gives to me. She says, that, that's what you drive. I say, okay. I just don't care about it. I live where she wants to live. Only reason I ever move, I can ha- I can be happy in a little one room with my books. That's all I need. Just as long as I got a place to put my books and my Bibles and my concordances and my encyclopedias, and I don't need nothing else. I'm real content with that. I'm really at a place. I was coming to church this afternoon, and a funeral come by us. And I said this out loud. I said, there goes me in a couple of years. I said it out loud. I'm not going to live that much longer. It don't matter if I win the Powerball. $850 million. Who does it belong to after you're dead, whoever wins it? It's dirt. It's what it is. I don't care about dirt. If I had $850 million, I'd build a building, but I wouldn't build a big one. And I'd go on TV all over the world. That's all I'd use it for. I'm not interested in diamonds. I'm not interested in fancy watches. I'll wear this watch. It's cheap. I've had it for years. I have to need a new strap on it right now. I don't care what time it is in Japan. I don't care if the Japanese are eating. Don't care. I just want to know. Let me see here. Is it what time am I supposed to get to? Oh, 
I've got to get to the church. I got 15 minutes to get there. I got a doctor's appointment. Let me see. Let me get get busy and get going. That's all a watch is for to me. I asked a jeweler one time, I said, why do people buy those big watches? Is that to show off? She said, exactly. <laughs> when I get through said daily cross and death to self and self-denial and Christmas is pagan and Easter is pagan and God doesn't love everybody, boy, people ain't going to like me no matter what kind of a watch I'm wearing, what kind of a car I'm driving. The, the, I feel rich. I feel rich in the word that God has let me see these things and imparts them to you. I wouldn't trade what I understand about the Bible for the Powerball lottery and to be young and handsome. Don't want it. I wouldn't trade the understanding of the scriptures for anything. So I feel very wealthy. I feel like I'm rich beyond Bill Gates. And then he goes on to say, uncleanness. These are all, that is the same thing as a demon. Akathersia, A-K-A-T-H-A-R. I'm going to have to finish this next week. A. Akathersia. A. Boy, am I, they're not writing. Ah, hold on a second. Uncleanness is the same thing as a demon, which is self. A-K-A-T-H-A-R-S-I-A. It's a construction of katharos, K-A-T-H-A-R-O-S. Katharos is our word cauterize. When you cauterize a womb, you cleanse the womb. It means clean. Akatharos means unclean. The alpha period negating word means unclean. Well Jesus ran a man ran against a man in in Mark the first chapter who had an Akatharos, A K A T H A R O S spirit. Had an unclean spirit. And in over in in uh, Luke for the same man was said to have an unclean daemonion, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. That's our word daemon. It means to distribute fortunes. When you distribute fortunes, what are you distributing? You're distributing Dirt. So you got to give up dirt. There we all got the dirt again. You distribute money and things and stuff and it's all made out of dirt. So when you have an unclean spirit, you have a demon and that ain't nothing but self. If you don't believe, if you believe demons are anything but self, you're going to get real confused about these verses. And these are all Things that keep you from having a Sabbath or being at peace with God. Do I have any time? 
I'm not going to have time to get through all this. And he's telling you all through here what to put off. Inordinate affection. Pathos. Pathos affection. Pathos. Suffering. That would be the same thing. Pathos means to suffer. A doctor of pathology is a doctor of suffering diseases. And pathos affection is going to be the same thing as strainos. It's putting you in a strain. Get one dirt, one piles and piles and piles of dirt is a strain. Except you want it in the form of cars and houses and things and stuff. That's what it's about. And then he says, evil concupiscence. That's really an interesting word. The word evil is kakos, worthless. Kakos. Concupiscence, this is not the normal word. It's the word epithumia. It's the same word as covetous. Epithumia. It means to breathe hard upon. It means to long for that which is forbidden. What are you forbidden from? From dirt. God has forbidden you. Long for what is forbidden for the outer man. It's everything the outer man wants and he likes dirt because his mind is on dirt. Do you realize how simple that is? It's like falling off of a log. I'm out of time. I'll have to come back to this. Have you noticed how words just blend together? When we have we have lust, epithumia. It's longing for the dirt that's forbidden. Jim, don't we have to have a living? I didn't say don't make a living, but don't. Don't have this desire, this overwhelming desire to fulfill self of the outer man. I can talk about the outer man from now on because he has to die off in order to have peace. I've noticed that about my own life. I'm at peace. I have a Sabbath going on in me that I didn't have at 55. I didn't have it at 50. I certainly didn't have it at 40. I was in the hospital dying at 45. It was all because of stress and strain. I used to carry one of those little atomizers around with me every day, everywhere I went, had to use it. Y'all don't even see me using one. I don't have to have one. It's called Pro-Air. I got one at home. I got one in the car, but it's been laying there for 18 months without me using it. John knows what it is. I used to have to have it, but getting out of the strain has been the best thing. I didn't get out of the strain because I paid off my bills. You're supposed to have your bills paid off when you're 81. I got out of the strain because I quit worrying about things. I quit worrying about my position, awards. I just don't care anymore. I'm looking forward to being that guy in that funeral procession that went by me today, the one in the hearse. I'm looking forward to going to be with Jesus. I really am.
Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth. Give us peace that we've never known. Thank you for truth. Thank you for this inner man that's in us and it's overcoming our outer man. Lord, I love you. I want to please you and I want the church to please you. I pray you'll give them strength. We'll praise you for everything. Glorify you for everything that happens. Fight our battles. I won't fight anymore. You've caused me to come to that because if I'm fighting, I'm fighting your sovereignty. We'll give you praise for all things in Christ's name. Amen. I hope that gets to us, folks. I can't get out of this inner and this outer man because it's everything that the Bible's about.